Okay, you guys ready to fucking dance? <laughs> dance. Mm, I got So you think you can dance? <laughs> Dan McCoy, that is. Ooh, this is gonna be, wait. Oh fuck, my notes are all fucked up. Give me a second. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Okay, I'm not gonna fuck this one up at all. And. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse, and I'm here to present a Flophouse Mini presented by Minnie's Bar. That's right. Uh, but before we get into the meat of this delicious podcast sandwich, uh-huh. uh, Elliot, I think you have a couple of words for our listeners. I do have a couple of words for our listeners. What? I've got four words, in fact. Masters of the Universe. That's right. March 19th, in only a couple weeks, we are going to be doing our newest online live show. The Flophouse is coming at you live on your own computer. You don't have to get dressed. You don't even have to bathe. You don't have to shave. You don't have to clip those nails, put on makeup, any of the things you normally do when you go outside. Put on your wig, put on your hook, any of the things you normally do. You don't have to worry about it because you can sit at home on your own computer and watch us talk about the Masters of the Universe movie. This is the 1987 Dolph Lundgren Courtney Cox, Billy Barty, Frank Langella classic, question mark. I haven't watched mm-hmm. it since I was a kid when I saw it in the theaters, and I cannot wait to see it again and see if it holds up or even if I even care about He-Man anymore, <laughs> the, way, the way I loved him so much when I was a kid. That's Saturday, March 19th on your computer screen. It's 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. How do you get tickets to this? It's easy peasy. Let me tell you. Go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com. Again, that's theflophouse.simpleticks.com. The tickets cost you only $10. And what do you get for that, Alexander Hamilton? I'll tell you. You get access to this all-new show, a show we have never done before with exclusive never-before-seen PowerPoint presentations, presentations we will never do again. We're going to be taking Q&As from the audience. There'll probably be some polls. We'll have some other kind of comedy bit that we have yet to figure out what it is. Guess what? You can't make it that night. You can't make it that time. That is okay. Get your ticket. It gives you one week of access to a recording of the live show. You can still watch it. You can still enjoy it. Watch it as many times as you want for one week. Just put it on forever, like uh, an art installation, like the clock, and just or that 24-hour vertigo. Just keep it going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the Flophouse live show. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk He-Man with these two He-Men, Stuart and Dan, and maybe we'll have a good time. In fact, I think we know we'll have a good time. So go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com. Tickets are going fast. Now, it's the internet. There's infinite space, but I'm still going to act like there's limited supplies. So it's all about digital false scarcity, everybody. Crypto. Come on. Let's go. (laughs) Theflophouse.simpleticks.com. That's Saturday, March 19th, and then a recording for one week afterwards. Come see the show. It's going to be really fun. Stuart, back to you. Okay, so as I mentioned before, this is a Flophouse Mini brought to you by Minnie's Bar. And uh, here at the Flophouse, we normally watch a bad movie. Now, what kind of money are you going to give us for the sponsorship, Stuart? This, yeah. Uh, uh, Minnie's Bar sponsorship. I, uh, well, I'll <laughs> give you a drink or two. If, uh, now, Stu, no, that's I think true. Over I the remember years, you saying that 2020 and 2021 were the two payments. best years in the history of your barkeeping profession. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a thing, like... I mean, just in general, 2020 and 2021, and now 2022, nothing bad is mm-hmm. happening. It's only <laughs> it's only going up. <laughs> only good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like oops, all good stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's why uh, that's why minis is you, know, you get a little taste here. 
uh, dipping its beak. So uh, normally yeah. what we do here on the flop house is we interrogate Stuart for promoting his businesses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what we do. We That's no- what the podcast is about. We normally watch a bad movie and then we talk about it, but you know what? This is a flop house mini brought to you by Minis bar. So we can do whatever <laughs> wow. the fuck Live we show, want. March 19th. Now. Live show March 19th. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, I want to, I want to broadcast, I want to advertise something we're all going to get a taste of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, seeking parody. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, so, yeah. Maniac of New York, the Bronx is, bur- Bronx is burning <laughs> oh, wow. on comic book shelves now. <laughs> um, so the, I mean, if you just want to send me cash, I don't have anything to promote. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, go yeah, on, Stuart. So, uh, I don't, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, open up, uh, open mm. up the robe, if you will. Um, <laughs> the. <laughs> My my DMs are flooded, okay, on various platforms with people requesting mm-hmm. uh, the different topics for the minis. And the one that I get the most, of course, is what we're going to be doing tonight. And that's uh, exactly what we're doing. We are doing two boy talking <laughs> tube to two dudes tonight. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, classic, classic mini. Now, two boy talking tube to two dudes tonight. That's right. Is when uh, I, <laughs> Stuart, aka Two Boy, is going to talk about tube. That's television. Uh, to two dudes. That's Dan Elliott. Uh, tonight, which is when we're recording it. That's right, because it's not definitely not wrong. Uh, so <laughs> now, Stuart, can you can you help me clear up? Is it tube boy or is it tube boy? Because you were tube man in yeah. the film Psycho Gorman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that makes it. It's understandable that uh, there's a certain amount of confusion. Uh, I that's I mean that's the thing. I'm trying to like make it as difficult as possible for people to track me down or understand me. Um, I mean, it makes sense then why your Def Leppard podcast had the hardest to spell. <laughs> title of any podcast in the history of recording mm, cool uh, another another dig at me today i don't know what's going on uh okay no, that's fine let's uh so normally what we do is we talk about a, a bunch of different tv shows or we talk about like uh tv awards but tonight we're gonna do a hyper focus okay we're just gonna focus on a single television show and i want to specifically i want to talk about a show that i think is kind of of the moment um it's mm. uh people are talking about it on twitter quite a bit um, it, and it's like, it's kind of gritty and it, we're dealing with teenagers who are kind of navigating the difficult world of like filled with like sex and drugs and mm. complicated relationships. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about euphoria. We're going to be talking about euphoria, the 15th episode of the second season of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> Uh, okay. The episode is. I mean, we're, we're in luck. We're in luck. There it I is. Ha- there's there's <laughs> the other shoe I was waiting the for. Line <laughs> we're, we're in luck in that I've seen neither that nor the TV show Euphoria, so I'm equally ignorant to whatever we're discussing. Um, and to to help me with this, I brought in uh, a expert of Beverly Hills 90210, Alexander Smith, our producer. Hey, Alex, thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, look at him. He, <laughs> he just changed his background to the cast. It's uh, great to be here, guys. Uh, what what a pleasure. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I was expecting like, a full great. speech. Coming uh, in hot. Alex is coming in hot. Bringing the energy. You put a lot of energy into the changing of backgrounds, I think. <laughs> so just to give on the, sub- right on the subject of backgrounds, just to give you kind of an idea, the the name Euphoria in this case is uh, is spelled U, the number four, E-A, mm. okay? And that is a mm. reference 
to the, uh, that is the drug, uh, the name of the drug that is basically ecstasy in yeah. the Beverly Hills 90210 universe. And it serves as both the title of the episode and it serves as a pretty important plot point. Now, <laughs> I would like to argue that that would be pronounced euphoria and not euphoria. And that's just I. The, that's the art. It's a small distinction, but it's important. Yeah, it's important. U four E A, like the whatever, the company. Yeah, U four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Electronic Arts. Yeah, yeah. That's the argument Dan's having with the dealer, and ends up not scoring any. <laughs> yeah, I'm like four. Four has all of it in there. The the, the number four. You just say that while, while Dan's plug anyway. rolls his eyes. Well, actually, Dan, it is funny that you say that because the dealer, the the Euphoria dealer in the episode is wearing a shirt that just has a, n a number four on it. And that's how you know mm -hmm. that you're talking mm. to a euphoria dealer is the giant four on their shirt. Yeah. So like that is usually, <laughs> usually drug dealers do have their branded shirts yeah. that they wear to announce to the world. This is my, mm -hmm. my job and euphoria. what I do. And it's handed out by corporate HQ. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. a trilby with a bright orange band. That's the other way, you know, you're talking yeah. to a drug dealer. <laughs> I guess it works. I guess it I mean, works. In, I, in I, the, I take it, back my objection. In this, okay, I'll allow, I'll allow it. In the Star Wars universe, you know you're talking to a drug dealer because he has a name like Sleazebago, and he's asking you if you want any death sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if the name wasn't enough, he's specifically doing his job in front of you. The uh, And I would imagine in the Beverly Hills 90210 universe, uh, if we were to fast forward to modern times where people use Cash App and Venmo, the symbol would be some kind of four to their drug dealer to indicate that uh, they're cash apping them for euphoria, right? Right, Alex? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the for the drug dealer's taxes, which so they itemize which drugs the money was. It's for. similar to doing like uh, a skier or like a snowflake or something. Oh, is that what you, you do? Okay, okay, you like a, like an emo an emoji or something. I yeah, I was thinking like a dollar sign followed by a four, but mm -hmm. that that just becomes four dollars. That's just four. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, then so now we're at well, the, you uh, have to send it to them. <laughs> now we're you have at to McDonald's. pay however whatever the price is. You have to give it to them in four dollar increments. That's that's <laughs> right. how they know what it's which for. is yeah, which doesn't work out well depending on inflation, I guess, because at the time back in nineteen. 1990, uh, a single hit of Euphoria would cost you $25. Which revisiting that episode, I was very surprised. That's that seems expensive for that for that time. Oh, but these are kids from Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. This is a rich neighborhood. I mean, I was yeah. watching this with Charlene, who uh, also inspired this episode, by the way, because uh, she was mm. the one who was like, "Hey, isn't that the name of the drug from 90210? And I'm <laughs> like, "No, it's this thing that I keep getting Twitter memes about." But uh, yeah, she in in her experience at the time, that would be the cost of one uh, one ecstasy, uh, <laughs> one dose of ecstasy. <laughs> one ecstasy. <laughs> I'll take one ecstasy, sir. Um, yes, I'll, yes, bag it. I'll take a paper bag. Thank you. But I mean, but I understand why you think it would be expensive because, but it's expensive neighborhood. As this title tells us, the monthly rent in Beverly Hills was nine thousand two hundred and ten dollars, which is a lot of money for monthly rent, especially in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew you were talking to your landlord if they had 90210 on their shirt. Yes, exactly. That's all the landlords had to win. It's, people forget that back then before uh, before <laughs> before the end of uh, the Reagan-Bush revolution, it was legal law that everyone had to wear a shirt that denoted what their occupation was, yeah. which made it very easy to round up drug dealers. It's why the war on drugs was won and we no longer have to fight it anymore. <laughs> The, the before we get to into the uh, the meat of this episode, uh, Alex, can you explain a little bit of a uh, bit about your bona fides? The boot uh, as a uh, as a Beverly Hills nine hundred two and expert. 
as an expert, my my bona fides. Yeah, uh, I, well, mm-hmm. I, I I will say I I was a fan of this show from the first episode. I watched it the entire run, and it was a long run, it's a ten season show, and uh, I've watched it uh, all the way through. Many, many times since then. <laughs> I feel like back in college, you were still like catching it on the release day. Like you were watching it. Oh, yeah. Because you couldn't like catch it on. Yeah, Hulu, it was my Hulu regular. It was my regular Wednesday watch on uh, uh, back even, even in college when they had moved on to, I don't know, be boring adults with jobs and stuff you uh-huh. know, that that I still I still watched it, you know, pretty, re- pretty religiously throughout that. Did any of them time. did any of them ever graduate to being a Melrose place? <laughs> like, did they ever? Was it ever like, like when when a new mutant becomes an, a member of the X Men? They're like, you did it. You you graduated. You're going from Beverly Hills now to an Oda Melrose place. Now you're a now you live in a steamy apartment complex in L A. There is a crossover. They they introduced Melrose Place by uh, uh, they introduced the character that takes you to Melrose Place. Initially, was a guest star on 90210. Oh. And David was it that, Kelly during the episode of Beverly Hills 90210, he went to the camera. He went. Psst, Come with me. I'm going to take you somewhere. And the camera <laughs> yes. followed him over to Melrose Place. That would have been a great transition. They absolutely should have done that. Like, just whisper to the camera and like drag you down me. the street to Melrose Place. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so good. I I don't believe they did anything like that. But you uh, this know. is this is going to be a real tangent. I wanted to go off on a slight mispronunciation that Stuart had earlier. Where he uh, he was he was saying Hulu, but for instance, for a moment he said Hulu, and made me think of <laughs> Miss like Jacques Tati guest starring on an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. And, and and Dan, what would that be like? Give us a taste of what that would be like. <laughs> uh, uh, um, well, it's mostly um, you know, Monsieur Hulu is uh, pretty uh, you know dialogue free so just imagine that i'm doing a bunch of sort of intricate uh slapstick that's more whimsical than it is funny (laughs) and (laughs) like you're never gonna really laugh at me but uh you're gonna say oh i I see that was kind of (laughs) interesting um (laughs) alex who's your favorite 90210 (laughs) which which one is your i was i was a brandon guy still am still really am a a brandon guy was that that's Jason Priestley. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brandon mm. Walsh. Yeah. And I, I feel like he is the emotional and moral core of the show, I, th- I mm-hmm. think. Um, That's why this is such an emotional episode, because he's, you know, uh, he goes through some tough times. He, re- he does. He, he changes <laughs> dramatically from a guy who's not high into a guy who's high. Very and, high, yeah. <laughs> and it ruins his relationship with everyone in his life. <laughs> Uh, so would you call, would you would you classify this as a very special episode? Was this an episode with a message for our nation's? Well, youth? that was yes. the thing. Like, I feel like it, at this time, a lot of nine hundred two one zero episodes were kind of like ripped from the headlines. Very special episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, season one of nine hundred two one zero. It was an issues show specifically. Like every episode mm. has a deals with a you know some kind of PSA topic uh, or teen, uh, teen something issue. for teens to talk to their parents about over breakfast. For like Around five hours cooler. is what it Around seems the like they do. At home. I mean, many homes do <laughs> have breakfast. water coolers. We have a Culligan water cooler true. when I was growing up. Yeah. I just outed myself as a Richie, I guess. <laughs> no, no. For a while, we had uh, a water cooler too. It, like Eureka Water. I don't want to throw any shade at my hometown, but Eureka Water. 
tasted gross. <laughs> so no, we got I, a lot of describe that taste. Give me, give me, uh, top uh, chef it up. Tell me what, what I would notes say you sul- were detecting. Sulfurous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> eggs were the notes. Yeah. Okay. So like a liquid fart. Let's Great. get let's get into the meat so of this episode. You, I'm, try, I'm trying to. This is a, this is complicated. I think maybe Elliot <laughs> has the talent to get us there, but there's some kind of connection between euphoria. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where the four is like it. it uh, you're you're being brought to a euphoric state and mm-hmm. eureka water where oh, the yeah. water reeks. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have <laughs> that. Works. I mean, if if it's sulfurous, I would call it euphardia. Maybe <laughs> there we go. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, so the episode begins. Uh, we're introduced to. Uh, Brandon Walsh and his girlfriend, Emily, uh, they're dating. They're ready to make the next step and move into each other's lockers. Um, so they, of course, decide <laughs> really, to go really to... Weird, <laughs> Wait, really is that a thing that teenagers do? Like, Because when I was in high school, my locker was assigned to me by the school. Like, I didn't get to... I didn't have to find one and then... But that's the thing. Pay they're, rent on it. Well, they, they, have their, they have their own lockers, but they're going to make space, like make a shelf for the other person oh, in their I locker. With the, I mean, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> now, Dan, see, this, this is, makes sense. Dan, this, this is a make, real thing that kids do. Uh, this makes sense in real life, you know, like adult life, not real life. I mean, kid, teens' life is real. I'm sorry. Adult life. <laughs> it makes sense to, you know, clear out uh, a, a shelf or a drawer or whatever and be like, I'm going to have a change of clothes over here for, like, w- when we uh, spend the night because we live. Yeah. X amount places. of time away. Yeah. Right. I don't like this is just sheer laziness. If you're like, uh, can I leave my my math uh, textbook in here so I don't have to walk uh, down the it's hall? It's a gesture like a promise <laughs> ring. I think. Yeah. There's two two critical pieces of information here. I think okay. that are important. One is in the in the universe of the show. Brandon is a very eager student. He's, you know, mm. he's like a he's he's very very he's a very good student, a very enthusiastic student, and the idea is that he. He had complained at some time to Emily about not having enough room in his locker for all of his books because he's so smart or whatever. Uh, and then the other thing that you got to remember about 90210 in general is that it is a show about 16-year-olds played by 30-year-olds written by, <laughs> yeah. written by 50-year-olds who make very little effort to actually figure out, to actually get into the mind of a teenager. Like they, you, you get the feeling throughout this whole show that if they could just take the parents out and just put these people in an apartment and give them a day job. They would do it yeah. immediately. So this is clearly just them trying to figure out a way to be like, well, what's a good analog to <laughs> them moving in together? Oh, well, they have a locker at school, so <laughs> we'll like, just well, do that. I want to tell a story about grown-ups because I'm a grown-up, but I'm stuck <laughs> yeah. on this stupid show about teens. <laughs> exactly. So how do I exactly. make my grown-up story <laughs> yep. be about teens? Uh so um, they're trying to make the next step. So they decide to go uh, on a date to a cool, like floating all ages party uh, where oh, yeah. you, you know, you find the location from a special person and it'll, then you'll go to the secret party. And of course the rest of the like gang. Like an elf? Yeah, kind of like, like that. Like kind of yeah, special sure. person? Um, and the rest, <laughs> of the, the rest of the gang finds out. And though they have their reservations about Emily, because she's not a core cast member, right, Alex? She's just kind of like, she's the bad girl who's Brandon's new, Brandon's new girlfriend. At this point, I think she had been in eight episodes, but she has, but she and and Brandon have become very serious. By well, yeah. as we now know, because of the locker thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the rest of the gang find out about. They're <laughs> I all wish they had go. taken it even further, and they were like, "I'm ready to go to the next step. Can you keep a little space in your pocket for my change, so that in case I need it and I'm far from my pocket, 
I can get it from your pocket? Yeah, this now, is a big step. Now, why would you be okay. far from your pocket? Now, I don't understand. It's a metaphor, is- Dan, but maybe it's, maybe it's in a different <laughs> pair of pants. You're in your gym clothes, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Your jean pocket is closer to my heart than my jean pocket is to my it's, hand is the kind like of romantic thing you can say. To I your like to use my well, you're taller than I am, so I would have to reach down less low. Well, and in, to a, get that and in a cis relationship, I don't think we even need to start talking about the tyranny of pockets, about how women's clothes often don't feature enough uh, pockets. That's true. That's true. Or it's if true. they do have pockets, the pockets are decorative. They're not actually yeah. functional. Um, okay, so uh, there's an interesting element about this party is that the way that you get you're, you you get to it is you have to take an egg to a corner store, a specific corner store, and you give the egg to the uh, the person oh, running the I, store, you know what? and he will I give you the directions. <laughs> I, did, is, I did see this episode because I remember the, them with the egg offering it to strangers, thinking that that's how they get the directions to the party. Oh, I did see yeah, this. Steve and Andrea famously, I think this scene is one of the more iconic early uh, scenes from 90210 where Steve and Andrea go to the wrong store mm-hmm. yeah. and Steve is trying to in uh, a very very great comic performance from Ian Ziering he is trying to exchange <laughs> an egg with a lady who has no idea what she what he's talking about and threatens to call the cops on them and they have to run out um, so that's a scene a lot of people have I think have seen uh, but before we get to that, uh, our characters have to get ready for the party. It's a Friday night. They uh, all decide to lie to their parents, which is tough because, yeah. you know, they are dressed to go out. They're all wearing all black. Uh, Shannon Doherty's wearing a Canadian tuxedo that is decidedly not black, but everybody else is wearing, is wearing, <laughs> I guess, party clothes. Uh, and uh, and Andrea, Andrea, Andrea uh, is, of course, dr- Andrea. is dressed like Elaine Bennis, like she is always dressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Elaine Bennis was dressed like a woman from the 1940s much yeah. of the time. So. Uh, well, and they they do the thing where uh, with Andrea, they the reason she wants to go to this underground rave party uh-huh. because she's such an adult. She's so much more of an adult than her uh, than her friends. Because the she actress is 12 herself. years older than, uh, than yeah. Tori Spelling, yeah. I have to admit, when I saw this show as a kid, I thought she was supposed to be a grown-up for a lot of the run. Yeah, she seemed— I thought that, oh, and I wow. thought it was weird she was hanging out with these high school students who also she seemed, seemed like, like a teacher or something. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was a teacher. See, uh, and the weird thing is the rare times I saw this show, like, she was the one that I had a crush on. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, uh, is great, and that, but she the way she convinces herself that she needs to go to this rave is because there might be a breaking story <laughs> because she runs the school newspaper. Makes uh, sense to and, me. And she, oh my God, it's, well, Stuart, continue. So they lie to their various parents except for Kelly who tells her uh, hot, uh, well-dressed mom that she she tells her the truth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, her wow. mom. okay. Her mom can get it, dude. You say that as if it's a surprise that her mom would be hot and well-dressed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These key key plot She's points. She's got this real the, like the, business bitch attitude. I'm all about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she, yeah, Kelly's mo- Kelly's mom is Stewart's type for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, why isn't she stepping on my neck? Um, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I demand this to happen. Uh, so yeah. Kelly tells I mean, her she's mom. She's a character on a TV show for one thing, but anyway, continue. So uh, Kelly. 
has a relationship with her mom that she believes she can tell her mom anything, and as long as she's being honest, her mom will let her do it. Uh, not so much in this instance, because her mom knows that she is potentially going to an illegal underground rave party. So she tells her no, so Kelly's like, okay, I guess I won't go, and puts a bathrobe on over her dress and sits in bed until the moment her mom leaves and then immediately takes that bathrobe off uh, and sneaks out. Real quick as an aside, Kelly's mom had a coke addiction in season one that Kelly helped her get through. So they have a very, they're very tight-knit. They have a very tight-knit relationship at this point. But So that's why Kelly thinks she can do what, basically whatever she wants. But the, the uh, Kelly's mom has also been to a lot of these types of parties and says, no, there's drugs at those parties. I don't want you going. Yeah, and she's got that kind of like super tight blonde haircut and big shoulder pads that make you think of a cocaine dealer's girlfriend. Now, I... I, I do- <laughs> I want to take a break from you know. the you talking pads, about the Kelly's mom. How you know to to <laughs> yeah because that's just, what they do the coke off of. You just you just <laughs> lay out a line on that shoulder pad and then snort it up. So like the like the helmet with the beer cans on it that you wear at the stadium. Exactly, it's shoulder pads with, yeah. two, with two lines on each shoulder pad with little straws that go up to your nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little dollar I'll, like rolled up dollar bills that are <laughs> that go right into your nose. Yeah. Also, I want to give a tip to all teens out there who, like, you know, are tr- wanted to sneak out. If you're going to pull this rope trick, you have to lay the track for it ahead of time. You have to establish yourself as a robe-wearing person <laughs> because otherwise your parent is just going to be like, why are you hanging out in that robe? You know, so That's just— a good point. You got to play the long card. Yeah, you're That's a tip to do for teen from Dan. <laughs> Another Dan teen tip. Um, okay. But yeah, you can't, the kind you don't you get magazines, tips for teens. Sorry, Elliot, go ahead. No, I was just making a reference to a Spark song. Continue, Alex. I was going to say, you can't establish yourself as too much of a robe person because they mm. might think, oh, he's just going to go out in his robe like, like he usually yeah, does. You know. Yeah, like the big Lebowski or the dude Lebowski, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, not the big one. The- <laughs> no, the big one does not go out in his robe. <laughs> I get the dude size. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I, went to a, I went to a big and dude store. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cargo shorts there, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's all cargo shorts and three-piece suits, yeah. <laughs> okay, so they, they all the gang all meets up at the Peach Pit, except for Andrea and Steve, because uh, as we learn later, the, uh, Steve is meeting Andrea's grandmother, and they are held up. Um they, yeah, apparently, uh, apparently, Andrea's Andrea's grandmother makes a really good chopped liver. Yeah, and Steve would. There's this scene that I really wish was in it. Yes, where Steve was apparently just begging for more and more chopped liver over at Andrea's grandmother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he keeps cleaning his plate and then saying more. Yeah, like that's why they're late is because he wouldn't stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying, "If Ugh. you insist." Uh, and she's like, I don't insist. I'm almost out, and I was planning on eating this all week. I was having, I was hoping to have some also, but they, yeah, eat the rest of it. She's she's desperately in the kitchen chopping more liver to keep her, <laughs> yeah. his rabbit oh, appetite. Uh, she's got to go find more liver. This is a somewhere. road to intestinal distress of some kind. She's, she's, it's late. The stores are closed. She has to get more liver. She's breaking into a grocery store to, to get liver to, to chop it up for Steve. It's a real uh, it's a real little shop of horrors situation <laughs> yeah. with Steve. Little shop of yeah. livers, yeah. Wait a minute. You have a liver. Yeah, I'll I take sh- I yours. Should, I should have said little chop of livers. Anyway, continue, Stuart. So uh, the gang's all there. They're dressed all in black, which is what you wear when you go to a rave. They look out of place for the peach pit because that's just their regular local 
Uncle Hang, and we find out that Brandon has to be back early the next morning for his shift. Uh, so they get the directions, they leave extra directions for Andrea and Steve, and they uh, go to a, uh, they go downtown to a corner store yeah. where they exchange an egg with the somewhat bewildered man behind the, or like scared man. He's got, he's, he plays the scene very strangely. <laughs> um, uh, the, the guy, yeah, I'm, the not, I'm not sure what his, I think it's just supposed to be mysterious. Like they're not sure the egg exchange is going to work. Now you say exchange an egg. Does he hand them an egg in return? That would for make their sense. Egg? They keep saying exchange an egg, but that's not what they're. Yeah. That's, they don't get an egg back. But I think I think exchange an egg makes sense because they walk in with an egg. Okay. They hand the egg to the guy behind the counter. And he then asks them for $10, which in my head canon, he, that he just made that up. He's like, I'm taking <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah he saw that these are newbies, and he's like, and you know from, what? I'll get an extra 10 on, I'll get an extra 10 on top of this. But, uh, but he doesn't take 10 bucks from all of them. He only takes one 10 bucks for the whole group. So I think he's got some room to grow. <laughs> he's there. got modest goals. He says, I'll get $10 from these kids. I'll use it to buy a ticket to the Flophouse Live Show March 19th. That's 9 p.m. Oh, Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Right, 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 Just go right. to thefloppouse.com slash simpleticks. Or Slophash. Sorry, I got, I got the... Uh, Slophash? The Slophash.com. I can go for it. That's what Steve's <laughs> eating over at Andrea's grandmother's house. So go to thefloppouse.simpleticks.com. The the and he buys that ticket. And, he, and yeah, it, get yourself a big bowl of Slophash. Eat it during the show. We don't care. We can't smell it That's through the screen. That's the beauty of it. You can be in a robe eating <laughs> Slophash in your own home. You could be just... You could just the have government a, can't tell you not to do your that. Your grandma's just chopping away at that Slophash in the kitchen, putting it in a tube that goes straight to your mouth. You're in a robe. You can watch the show. Oh, Go man. for it. No dress code. Where a Don't kid have to dress be up a in kid. black. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and another uh, important plot point is that this is when David mm-hmm. buys a flask of whiskey and everybody gives him shit for it. And he's like, somebody can enjoy a little bit of alcohol and not be an alcoholic. And I'm like, uh, that's what an alcoholic's gonna say. Um, which we will <laughs> find out later. He. His character, I believe, develops a drinking problem, right? Uh, I mean, do you mean in the in the episode itself? No, over the course of the next couple episodes, because <laughs> he definitely has a drinking problem in the over the course of the episode. Yeah, um, uh, David has a uh, David develops a drug problem later in the series. I'm trying to remember. They all have uh, uh, it's at some point the show like to introduce them to different dependency issues, but I <laughs> I, I can I can remember David's drug problem, but I'm spacing well, over there was that one, that, there was that, that season where Tori Spelling just keeps buying Beanie Babies on eBay, and she's spending way too much on it. I I love the delicacy with which you put that. You like at at some point the show likes to introduce them <laughs> yeah. to various dependency issues. And it's like, oh uh, Kelly, um, have you met uh, compulsive uh, shopping? I don't know. Like, yeah, whatever. no, that is how they that is how the show works, and that that because the. I mentioned earlier that season one was like an issue show where each show covered like a different thing. And this is, we're right in the middle of them transitioning the show into more of like a, a soap opera, like a teen mm-hmm. soap opera, um, where it's all serial plot lines and stuff. And the um, and this this is kind of a hybrid of the two. This is why this is kind of the best era of the show is because they're doing an issue show, but there's all these like uh, all these long, longer storylines going on. So the gang uh, follows the directions and the directions bring them to a warehouse party in downtown. And speaking of things that are brought to you by things, 
The show is brought oh. to you by something. <laughs> you know what? You said that you said you did do it, you'd handle it, and you did, Sue. Good. <laughs> an extra you get an extra serving of slop hash afterwards. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> it is incredible to see a pro just stick the landing that <laughs> yeah, exactly. that hard. for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast Maximum Film. New episode Episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Back to Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know, it sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Lumi Labs. Um, you may have heard about microdosing. If you look around on the internet, you can find all sorts of people are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Well, our show, you guessed it, is sponsored by Microdose Gummies from Luby Labs. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And in my experience, that is what they are. They do not uh, serve to impair you so you cannot function as a human being. They just make you feel more relaxed and happier and uh, so you can sort of handle maybe the uh, ups and downs. You can chill out a bit, uh, get some better sleep. Anyway, Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com and use uh, code FLOP, that's F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdosegummies.com and code FLOP. Stuart. Looks like I got a j -j -j jumbotron Looking for a totally scarifying, spooktacular read? Max Fun member and indie horror novelist Nick J. DuPont's debut novel, Cat's Blood is available now. Join a brilliant young mother as she struggles to protect her son in this award-winning tale of dread. Kindle version is only $7.99. Special bonus for flop fans, Nick has had a letter read on the flop house. 
First person to message him on Twitter with the correct letter and episode will receive a free signed copy. Oh. Visit nickjdupont.com today. That's right. Visit nickjdupont.com. And we have another Jumbotron. This is a personal Jumbotron. This is a message for Connor, last name withheld, and the message is from Deming. And the message goes like this. Connor, spending Saturday mornings eating breakfast in bed and listening to the Flop Boys with you is one of my favorite activities, including things we used to do pre-pandemic. Happy Saturday to my favorite person, including parasocial podcast people. I love, admire, and appreciate you. Let me know if you need your coffee reheated. What a sweet message. Aww. That was really nice. Uh, that's nice. They got a... They got a little tradition. Yeah. Dan, how, how can other us. people uh, send sweet, sweet messages through the Jumbotron? <laughs> well, if you go to uh, uh, MaximumFun.com slash Jumbotron, uh, you can uh, arrange one. Uh, it comes uh, through the network. They'll handle that end of it. But uh, you can uh, pay $100 for a personal message, $200 for a business me message. Uh, again, that's at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. I'm sorry, that very obvious question took me by surprise. Now, I liked the way that you said, uh, it reminded me of uh, how Alex described them introducing the 90210 cast members to, <laughs> to vices, I guess, to dependencies. Yeah. You said that uh, if you go to that website, uh, it will be they can arrange one, like, <laughs> yeah, yes. very discreetly. <laughs> there will be someone. <laughs> Your Jumbotron. We'll come in a plain brown paper wrapper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you will have a guide to take you through the experience. I, I wonder, I want to know. Yeah, on your, sure. on your credit card report, it shows up as something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shows up as like, uh, as message.com or yeah. something like that. I want to know do, what the closest someone has gotten to sneaking a business message in as a personal message. That's a like good how, question. There's got to be an art form to that, to figuring out how to make it seem entirely like Because you can't sneak it too like much a, or else the people listening won't understand that it's a, <laughs> for a product. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so uh, while we ponder that that question, we our gang is now in a really cool warehouse rave. Now, we were yeah. while we were watching this episode... Uh, we really like the music sounded really kind of wank. And so I looked it up and apparently <laughs> there was a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Bad I'm thing. not sure what that it was. Would, not, okay. not good. Um, so wank versus dank. Thank uh, you. Wank is the bad one. <laughs> exactly. And so dank is good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to like, just like 90210. I'm just trying to keep you old people up to snuff with what the kids are talking about. Um, so snuff. <laughs> snuff the thing kids are <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, just I'm also to keep drinking. everybody on the 411. I'm also, I'm also <laughs> drinking quite a bit and I'm speaking before <laughs> I think about it. So apparently, when these episodes originally aired, uh, there was music by the Thompson Twins and fucking Sisters of Mercy yeah. in this scene. Uh, that was not the case yeah. in, uh, I guess, what, uh, in syndication? Or I, I have no idea when the change would have happened. I think they, uh, no, if you watch them in syndication, they still have all the good music in it. If you get the, if you get the DVDs or the, um, or you watch them on streaming sites, they have a bunch of sound alike and fill in, uh, fill in music instead of, they have the hits of the day. Uh, playing in all of these scenes. It's a big show, a you know? The, it's a big show. Yeah. It was a huge show. And, also, and <clears throat> as as always happens, I'm sure, like, they negotiate the rights for a particular type of broadcast yeah, not realizing yeah. there will be other ways that people will watch it. Now, I think 
uh, producers are a little more savvy about yeah. that. Because, but at the time, it was like the same way that like with WKRP in Cincinnati, they would play all these current hits. Right. And it's like, well, no one's going to see these shows again. Sure, throw the songs in. We don't need them for the future. <laughs> and that's why you cannot even now get like unedited versions of that series. Yeah. It's too bad people say, I want to see a full episode of What Grew Up in Cincinnati mm-hmm. and I can't find mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, I got some news for you about how to pronounce the title. <laughs> I've got two bad news. <laughs> two bad, bad news. That's how you say it. Just like the bad news is bears. Yep. <laughs> the most disappointing example of that to me is uh, the state. When yeah. the state DVD finally came out, mm-hmm. the $240 worth of pudding sketch they couldn't use sexual healing in that, so they had to replace the uh, the music. But it was a live recording with the music playing in the studio. So they had to also overdub the voices again. <laughs> so you watch oh that scene, God. it's got a sound-alike track, and they're clearly also overdubbed for the entire thing. And it, <laughs> with older voices. Yeah, yeah, with their voices like... Uh, you know, from when the DVDs came out. So it's very, it's very weird. And, and yeah, but that's, I mean, that was an MTV show. So they obviously yeah. would have had the rights to everything. So at the time. So this club, you know, is cool because uh, there's a lot of people with tattoos and interesting hairstyles. Our <laughs> gang kind of stands out because they're all, you know, they're dressed a little preppy. They all are dressed like they're going to like a really cool funeral, except for Dylan. Uh, uh, Brenda is wearing, you know, denim on denim. And Dylan is wearing two denim jackets, one underneath the other. Wow. Yeah. wow. They call that a they call that a Matroshka Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. Quite a fit, as the Nested kids would say. Denim. Now, so, yeah, so this rave, where would you put it on the scale from one, meaning a matrix rave, uh-huh. to ten, meaning the rave the, the rave from pusher one? Uh, where is it? Is it more of a matrix rave where there's just like sweat flying everywhere and everyone is wearing like leather or is it more of a pusher rave where everyone's kind of vaguely Danish Scandinavian and uh, there's a lot of people just <laughs> dancing weird dance moves now, by themselves in corners. I don't understand this scale. I would say in the middle, in the middle, somewhere between a rave where the charmed ones would show up in an episode of charmed or uh, Blade would show up and be killing all the vamps. Okay, because that was my other, that was, okay, another scale. Is it on a, a scale from one, which is vampire rave, where blood is spreading, or to 10, which is uh-huh. the, the uh, which is the monster dance party and little monsters starring Fred Savage? Uh, where, where does it land on that? Okay, I would say it's closer to a, a, a vampire rave. Um, okay. So, the, uh, the I'll, what I'll say, if this helps pinpoint it at all, is every time I see this scene, here's what I think. Because they walk in and they say, uh, one of them says something like, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Again, a great thing for teenagers yep. to be saying to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the, uh, another uh, you have one. To, but except that was much more current in 1990 when that was only sure. a 51-year-old reference as opposed to now when it's an almost 90-year-old reference. It was yeah. probably around the time that uh, Dylan calls David Rico Suave twice. He says it twice in the episode because <laughs> yeah, he's drunk. Yeah, the because uh, yeah, David's already drunk. He's a you know he's he's embraced that lifestyle already. Um, but the uh, okay, so wait, I've got a different scale wh- for the raves. Is it like wh- a one, which would be the cantina, the Mos Eisley cantina, okay. to a ten, which would be not Jabba's pleasure barge, but the droid torture room oh, in Jabba's palace? That's a okay. ten. I think that all of your examples are too interesting for this. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. Because what happens in this scene is they walk into a they walk into a room that has like 
you know, that wire frame, like light rigging stuff everywhere. Yep. And, yeah, the, yeah, sure. and the lights blinking and fog machines going off. Classic rave. And they walk into a machine. Couple that, of couches. They walk into a room like that. <laughs> and they and they say, we're, I, we're not in Kansas anymore. And one of them says, we're definitely not in Beverly Hills anymore. And they walk into a party that looks like every party you've seen on television your whole life. You're <laughs> well, like, the thing is, it sounds like not exactly been, what you would is, what you'd see in Beverly Hills. Like, it sounds like a Beverly Hills party. Oh, yeah. it absolutely is. I mean, the the fact, I think what they do is they, every once in a while, they will show you like a biker. And they'll be like, this is what, it's a rough crowd. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then at one point, yeah. you see someone like doing, you see someone smoking something. Well, you see someone what you don't understand is like, we're only seeing what's in front of the camera. Behind the camera, everyone's like totally nude. Like right. they're just like setting things on fire. It's insane. Yeah, and yeah. to the side of the camera, <laughs> it's like it's the Grand Ole Opry Country Bear Jamboree. So it's not like Beverly Hills at all. It's like a yeah. southern, you know, thing. You know, the Rock of Fire Explosion Band is <laughs> playing there. <laughs> that would be so funny. I mean, the juxtaposition it the makes it even more horrible, horrifying. <laughs> we got we got to go to this party. The Rock of Fire Explosion is playing. <laughs> <laughs> they keep like they'll point in a direction and the and it cuts to like some stock footage of a dog jumping through flaming hoops and stuff. No. <laughs> to the the old black and white footage of the guy getting hit in the belly with a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of my favorite. What is this place? Not Kansas. <laughs> so we have one of my favorite exchanges in the episode is uh, Brandon and Emily sit down on a couch and they're kind of surveying the crowd. And they point out this guy who's very clearly a drug dealer. Uh, and Emily explains that he is dealing euphoria. And he's like, in front of everybody? And she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Everybody does it. 25 bucks a hit. Um, and Brandon's not interested. But then his friends all show up. And then Brandon explains a, all this shit. He's like, he's an expert. <laughs> he's already an expert. Yeah. He's like, that guy's a drug dealer. And his name is this. And this is how much it costs. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really shows off all of the knowledge he just got from his girlfriend who is sitting there the whole Whole time. Oh man, it's so great. Yeah. So uh while that's going on, David's getting drunker. Uh Luke and uh Luke, Dylan and Brenda are, you know, just dancing and having a good time. Everybody's dancing and having a good time. Brandon is not dancing because he doesn't dance. That's a big, that's a big character thing for Brandon, is he does not dance. Um, and uh and you kind of wonder what his why he wanted to. At this point, what is the point of sitting on a you, couch? Yeah, why would you go to this in a room like this and watching? I mean, I guess maybe watching your friends dance is fun. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Emily makes. I the, mean, is he like pointing and laughing at them and being like, "Look at that! Look at that!" I, actually, that I mean, no, they actually I find, do. They do put in a few shots of him like pointing at David. David is already acting all kinds of goofy. Uh -huh. I do think that it is fun to watch your friends dance, but with. Uh, you know, apologies to uh, Jordan Mo Morris, noted uh, advocate of the non-dancing lifestyle. Uh, I find that it's fun to watch your friends dance from your position on the dance floor where you are also dancing. Yeah. Like, I think that, the, the, uh, number one, I like dancing. But number two, I feel like off to the side, you're not really getting a good sense of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I was, like, reclining on a palaquin or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You have a little bit of height. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Being fanned by uh, muscle men. 
Yeah, I, actually, it would be, it's pretty good if you can convince yourself that your friends are dancing for you, yeah. not near <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That you're, true. Yes, entertain me. Yes, yes, cavort for my interest. Yes. <laughs> so while <laughs> they don't even remember that you're there, give them an old double clap, a little, you know, mm-hmm. one of those. While this is all going on, Steve and Andrea are trying to uh, connect the dots and follow their friends. And they end up in uh, the wrong store, and they get some very they have very strange conversations with a woman who wants to call the police on them because they're trying to uh, give her an egg. Um, and that's they're on something. It's a <laughs> classic it bit. It's great. I, I mean, part of the mm. issue, I guess, was them asking Richard Linklater to direct that part, that aspect yeah. of the episode, that storyline. He's like, hang out, I kind of yeah. wanted to see them wander around and interact with the people of Beverly Hills, you know. <laughs> So meanwhile, uh, Emily uh, Emily decides to take the uh, take things up a notch, and she secretly doses Brendan's uh, Brandon's uh, water soda. I don't know. She mm. goes to get them sodas, and they are very. I mean, I guess they're supposed to be Sprite or something. Yeah, but they look they look more like cocktails. They're in like little short cocktail, uh, you know, tumblers, and uh, and she yeah she. She puts. She gets. She drugs, slips euphoria in both in, in, in both yeah. uh, cups. Uh, I wonder if the, I wonder if that's an instance of them originally supposed to be having actual drinks and someone saying no, no, they're teen characters. We can't have them drinking. We'll say it's soda. What do you think? Uh, well, it, uh, running throughout all of this is the fact that th- these teens, unlike my experience, myself and other teens that I know. Uh, I'm not currently a teen, but teens I've known throughout my you life. Still, you still keep in touch with the lifestyle. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm of You're course, I, of with... course, have my finger on the pulse. But yeah, uh, please but take your finger off that teen pulse. They are all <laughs> at this point. At this point, D- Dylan is already Dylan is like a 17 year old recovering alcoholic at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Brandon had one episode where he drank too much and totaled his car. Mm. Uh. Everyone on uh, Kelly is opposed to any kind of substance because she saw her mom go through stuff. At sure, this point, yeah. all of them have these like they're all like opposed to stuff, except for David. Obviously, is just like I want to have a I want to have a good time, and he has he has some some drinks. But it's like um like they're they're, they're all they're in very, recovery. <laughs> yeah, instead of instead of being like oh instead of being like teens on the one side of it where you want to just go out and have as many different experiences with as many different chemicals as you can, which a lot of people went through. They are the the show has positioned them on the other side of that where they're like mm-hmm. they're like chiding each other for every choice that they make. So they get punished for anything that they do. And I Brandon see. definitely does not want to drink a cocktail. Uh so it wouldn't it wouldn't have made sense for the show to, for them to just be like, "Oh, let's relax and have one cocktail." Because I on see. this show, no one relaxes and has one cocktail. Yeah. You know, you 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 have a drink and you get expelled from school right before graduation. <laughs> the uh, so Brandon gets super high. Emily gets super high. They're like, uh, she reveals to him what happened, but it, by then he's too far gone. He doesn't care. They end up. Uh, <laughs> he's just waving at bats that, that he thinks are flying around. They end him. up reclining together on the hood <laughs> of his convertible with him uh, with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of the gang decide to uh, know that they want to leave. David is wasted and he's barfing everywhere. Um, yep. Brandon Brandon master. starts to burn some bridges. He's mean to Dylan. He's mean to Brenda. Um, 
he doesn't he doesn't care. There's some hilariously, I would say, really effective high acting from uh, from Jason Priestley here. Yeah, and what does he do? A lot of swaying. Mm. Uh, I think they did get the club drug thing correct because he's not like a lot of old movies. If somebody gets in a you know has takes an a substance of any kind they just like immediately they're seeing like the swirling lines and they're yeah. like going crazy and they're you show them like running down the street with their shirt off or whatever in um, the 1970s they always thought they could fly and jumped off buildings yeah that's yeah. all the, that's yeah. all anyone on drugs did this is seriously all he does is he lounges on the hood of his car and love bombs all his friends yeah. and he's just like i love you you're so great <laughs> and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with you like they get so <laughs> mad at him uh, everyone gets so mad at him even though he's just like he's just rolling you know and i mean and the emily drugging him is definitely not cool but there is like a quality to this where they really really punish brandon for one time taking a you know taking a like a club drug or whatever yeah yeah. They're all super shitty about it. And then like they yeah, it doesn't let up uh, you know. So they and they end up taking his keys and leaving him and Emily there. Yeah. Uh and he That seems like the worst worst solution. Seems like the worst solution. Because of course the cops show up because that's you know, that was bound to happen. And yeah. they end up running, leaving his car behind in this warehouse. Uh oh, I don't think that car is gonna have a good night. <laughs> All the everybody gets home. You know, there's going to be some possums sleeping in, in the trunk of that car Brandon before gets, the morning. Brandon gets home I at six a.m. He gets home at six a.m. Brenda is still having ditched him. Is waiting up for him and makes him feel super bad. <laughs> it's so it's so fucked for up. showing up late. So and I'm like, up. you she took his keys and then left him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She says every time a car drove by, I got up and looked out the window. And it's like you let you fucking it's, left. It's him. not gonna be him unless yeah. he learned Where to he fucking hotwire it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had a car that could bring the person home. Like, that should have been the car. car that you was observing your own as you drove it. And she, every time I heard a plane go by, I thought oh, you might parachute out of it. You didn't. <laughs> I really had no idea how you were gonna get home because we took your keys again. But. Uh, <laughs> But the but she also says something like I thought you had changed forever or something. It's like <laughs> it's like man, this is really really it, the consequences of this night. I mean, that's what happens anytime so I take enormous. like too strong of an edible. I'm like I'm always gonna be high. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he's like Dylan. I love Dylan. I love you, man. And Dylan's like you've changed. You're, <laughs> you're bad now. You used to be about the hate. <laughs> The and of course and like Brenda's also like <laughs> how are you gonna fight the one world government if you got love in your heart? Come on, man. <laughs> and Brenda's like, Brandon, our parents trust us. <laughs> and I could only imagine having that conversation with my brother. <laughs> I don't know. Like um, yeah. so of course I have to say if 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 their parents named them Brenda and Brandon, they deserve whatever they get yeah. from messing up their kids by giving them almost the exact same name. That was crazy. I, I thought it was crazy well, are, as a I kid. I mean, they are tw they are twins. They're I'm they're a twin. twins. I'm a twin. I don't have the same name as my sister. <laughs> so we have different well, sounding names. You actually should. Uh, so oh. your your parents actually. Yeah, you're oh, really? oh, yeah. wow. yeah. you I don't want them to end up in jail. <laughs> the and the scene ends. This this scene ends where this confrontation ends where Brandon's like. I gotta be up in a few hours to work my shift at the at the peach right. pit. And I'm like, okay, so that's gonna be the next scene. That is not the next scene. The next scene is Dylan driving him to pick up his car. So I guess he didn't he had enough time to go back to pick up his car, which is now 
ruined. The like all the tires are gone, the doors are gone, it's been spray painted. Yeah. There were some very efficient vandals who were just like, we are all over this. Uh, yeah. and that's real. That's real. John Hughes fear of the city type stuff. Yeah. We're like, you leave a car overnight and, and it's just stripped yeah. right away. Cause it's a city, you know? So, I mean, it is a convertible and he left the top down. Yeah. So, I mean, that part, that part, I, I, I'm not surprised somebody did something to it, but yeah, yeah they like spray painted it and took the wheels. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing with the fucking wheels. <laughs> At that point, you might as well just take the whole car. Just go for it. You would think. Yeah, that it's that- easier to get the wheels somewhere if you take the car. <laughs> I would imagine. They took the wheels from the, and they go, they go, okay, just roll them a couple miles to the chop shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're that handy, why don't you just steal the whole car? Yeah. It was pretty it, nice. It, I think. It was probably like a couple of turn of the century kids, and they just had they just had planks of wood, and they're just hitting yeah. those wheels along the road just as a mm. game, you know. So the, he can't; he's <laughs> not going to be able to hide this. So the next scene, you'd think he's at work at the Peach Pit. No, he's having breakfast with his family <laughs> in that type of breakfast that you that that families have on television, where it goes on forever, and you're like. Yeah, there's like endless time. Where are you finding yeah. all? Yeah, mo- endless morning time. Space? Something I, is an absolute mystery to me. I do not know how you. Yeah, they're like on their third cup of coffee. And they're like, well, we should go to school. Uh, so then, well, always, I've had my. Like a full, it's always like a full breakfast. Everyone has yes. multiple oh, yeah. foods in front of yeah. them. Yeah, I have my cereal and my eggs and bacon in front of me. <laughs> so there, I have milk and also this grapefruit juice. half. Coffee, <laughs> grapefruit half, pancakes, yes, please. Waffles, put them on the pancakes, sure. So it, it all comes out. Uh, they they reveal what happens. His family's concerned that he could have been driven permanently insane by taking uh, euphoria. <laughs> yep. He and there, that there are going to be some changes around here now. Um, what he does not reveal is uh, who dosed him, even though he admits that he was he was dosed by someone else, that he was roofied. Um, he doesn't reveal who Brenda it was. does. Brenda does know. Brenda that does. Emily know. did it. Um, and Brenda and Brenda and Emily have a very rough history. She does not like Emily for uh, em- when Emily first came to uh, West Beverly. She dated Dylan one night and Brandon the next night, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's Brenda's mm-hmm. boyfriend and brother. And so she has hated Emily pretty much yeah. ever since, even though they make up for a little bit there but eventually she it yeah d- the, doesn't work the, the two buttheads for the whole time yeah they, they do sound like buttheads yeah uh-huh. uh yeah. or like lock horns <laughs> they're <Yeah>. married <laughs> yes uh so uh i do believe in the canon of the show they are now brenda and emily are now are now married yeah, yeah. uh so emily shows up and she and brandon kind of make up but not really and Brandon's gonna have to make some changes too. He's not ready. She's like, next time I won't, I won't dose you with uh, with <laughs> drugs. And he's like, I don't know if there will be a next time. Um, and then he goes to work, and he and Andrea catch up a little bit. And she is wearing a very uh, like li- like a like a very grandma shirt. It's great. Um, it says, "Ask me about my grandson." <laughs> <laughs> if she showed up wearing yeah. that, I it wouldn't I wouldn't have bad an eye. I'd have been like, yeah, that's normal. That's his character. <laughs> She's sitting down, sitting down with a menu, and she puts takes her glasses that are on a chain around yes. her neck and puts them on the end of her nose. If she like yeah. came yeah. and was like mm-hmm. churning butter because she's like working at Colonial Williamsburg, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's that character. Um, okay, uh, and that's basically the episode, guys. It was, I mean. 
it, oh, it was it was touching. <laughs> uh, we all learned something. Yeah. Uh, some of us were changed irrevocably. Um, yeah. And I kind of get why everyone's talking about this shit on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this was the end of Brought the full circle. <laughs> this was the end of Brandon and Emily Valentine's relationship. I I don't know if Stuart said that explicitly. But yeah. This, so the end they, scene they, should have been him taking her up. stuff out of his locker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's gonna have to pick up all his stuff from her locker. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know what? Take all the stuff that you asked me to hold in my pockets for you, and it's all like <laughs> feathers and shiny rocks that she picked up, and just like pennies and mm-hmm. ri- you know yeah. screws and, and that's nails. Where you discover she's a magpie in disguise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it takes a hard left turn into <laughs> fantasy. Wait a minute, you're a magpie, aren't you? And she's like, I didn't want you to find out this way. And she takes off her wig and revealing a bird's head. Oh man, yeah. that would have been awesome. And he's, mm-hmm. he, yeah. He, the next the next Monday at school, he's like. Well, Emily was a magpie the whole time, and they're like, "Who's Emily?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what a double twist! <laughs> so, so it seems like everyone got really mad at Brandon, and which, as the point you're making, he, nothing really bad happened to him. And it seems like the really bad thing that happened was that they took his keys away, and his car got wrecked. But it's not he didn't his he fault. didn't do anything yeah. bad to anyone, other than I guess yeah. put his trust in the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and the show the show punishes him quite a bit for for that, which is it, it is weird. It's a, very weird that he's a regular Job. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> there is that episode later where his whole his whole family and all his livestock are killed, and he argues with God, and then he gets a new family and new livestock, and he's like, "The new livestock, fine, but I still miss my old family. Like it's great to have this yeah. new family, but it's like God, it's not." Yeah, a, and God's like, "Oh, doesn't anything please you?" <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's good enough for Job. I would love it so much if if every episode of 90210 ended with a kind of Doogie Hauser style wrap up <laughs> where Brandon argues with God about the events of the episode. <laughs> that would and be he's wonderful. Like, he's like, God, it seems like I really got punished for something that wasn't my fault. And God's like, Brandon, where were you when I created Behemoth yeah. and Leviathan? Come on, you're going to tell me about the whirlwind all of a sudden? Yeah. No, you're a right, serious nine zero two one zero, and then uh, he's and then Mork walks in. and He's like, "Are you done with the room? Because I need it to to talk to the people at work." <laughs> oh, yeah. Mork from Mork and Mindy, not yeah, Mork, Mork, Mork calling from Mork Orson. and Gork, the Orc gods from Warhammer. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's, that's a different Mork. That's a reference you have to be a teen on nine zero two one zero to get the Mork and Mindy yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that's the, the other thing. Is, so, how old are his? Parents, do you think? So this is 1990. His Jim parents have got to be in like their mid 40s at least, right? Yep. So they're Jim they're and Cindy. Boomers. I would put I would put at around 40 at least in the can. Yeah. So they're part so of the trick boomers. is you cast so you cast a dad who is balding. That's yes. first step. You got to get the, as receding a hairline as possible just to differentiate him from the uh, teenage actors who have a normal receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teenage actors who are <laughs> ten years younger than him, and because so like these, they're they have exper- they have experience with drugs, or probably like yeah, I mean they they, they grew bring up in that the, up in, in the sixties. Well, I mean, like these characters, I have to assume. Well, that, there know, there is a line where the mother says that she, you know she was in college in the sixties, so she knows, and that's why she's scared yeah. that they'll turn into fire starters or some shit. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that is what happened to a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, that's that was the main issue Which, of the '60s with all the telekinetic fire starters. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite ring true to me because, as I understand it, that that '60s weed was trash. Apparently, is from what from all accounts. Yeah, yeah. So, Compared to modern weed, which 
uh, yeah, I I hear is really cool. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think C- Cindy's talking about the sensation of smoking a cigarette too fast. Basically, is what is what she experienced in college. Yeah, yeah, spinning yeah, around in an of, office chair a little bit too much. <laughs> She's worried that there might be a lot of coughing involved. Yeah, she just doesn't want him to get a sore throat. Yeah, yeah. So I look. I I went to college in the '60s. I know what it's like to be slightly nauseous for a little bit. <laughs> Get kind of a headache. Um, All right. Well, so this was a very special episode of Beverly Hills 90210, and of course that means that this was a very special and of the flop. Yeah, house. of oh sorry, two boy talking tube to two dudes tonight. That's right. Uh, and which is a flop house mini brought to you by Minnie's Bar. Uh, we are a show that is on <laughs> Maximum Fun. Uh, there's plenty of other great shows on there. Check that shit out. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, who are Dan McCoy and Elliot Kalin. I'm Stuart Wellington, and our producer. Alex Smith has joined us as an expert. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning an expert, in. N- I'm an expert, not a dude. I'm <laughs> relinquishing my dude status so that the title of the show still makes sense. Yeah. I'm just making that clear to everybody. Yeah. I know hey, some people you care write about in. that kind of consistency. Yeah. Before you yeah. clog up my DMs uh, again. I believe there were three dudes on <laughs> <laughs> the previous show. So Charlene and I were watching an episode, uh, since we're still talking tube, Charlene and I were talking about the television show Catfish, which is on the tube, so this still counts. This is fair. We're still yep. on base. I was talking about of the three of us, the three main flophousers, which of us would be most likely to be catfished by somebody? And I think it's me. I think I am most mm. likely, because, you know, I'm a big romantic at heart. You know, I would mm-hmm. have said Dan a long time ago, but now I do think it's used to, because you live so much of your life online. Much yeah, more than yeah. me do, I feel like. <laughs> Super online. I'm so plugged in. Whereas my, my online stuff is mainly limited to me promoting things on Twitter, and Dan's is mainly limited to the dumbest jokes on Twitter. And <laughs> yeah, if you, you're, 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 you're living in the metaverse by this point. Yeah, you're half digital. I'm, you know, I'm, you're reboot. I'm committed to uh, tying myself to this cycle that makes me sad all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, is there, is there a place where I can see Stuart squatting? Like, oh, just like, oh, yeah. can I see him sticking his butt out while lifting large amounts of weight? And uh, it turns out there Instagram is. Instagram and TikTok. It's on the, it's on <laughs> Both the, of them. Yeah. <laughs> Go look at it. Yeah, you can double up. Uh, just like my two butt cheeks. So congratulations on your upcoming catfishing. I hope it goes great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, um, it, it never does. No, <laughs> well, no, never there's never sometimes, never, sometimes people fall in love. Oh, I would love to see an episode of like a good a good catfish. A good catfish. Like, where it's like, oh, this is so much better than I expected. Yeah, you're yeah. really <laughs> underselling yourself. This is amazing. There are enough episodes where it is like, actually the person where i'm like shocked i'm blown away mm. uh but most of them are not most of them are sad <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh, so how many of them well, turn out to be actual catfish <laughs> oh you would be surprised that it's uh <laughs> most of them are actual catfish <laughs> oh really wow i mean that yeah, would be a surprise to be like i fell in love with the person of my dreams and they're like i have to tell you i'm not a person at all i'm a catfish uh-huh. yeah like that's, i'm a fish that's got big like whiskery yeah, things you, think this is a, you thought that, that i was a man with a mustache but no this is actually long fish whiskers <laughs> let me take off my wig i'm fiskers. not i'm not emily your girlfriend i'm a catfish <laughs> 
Okay. I mean, you, it's it's weird. It's very weird, but you can't be too surprised. The show is called Catfish. Yeah, yeah it's in the title. Be like right super there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the amazing thing. Hold me once. It's amazing how they keep, keep 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 it fresh every episode. So you're always <laughs> wondering, and, you're, and then afterwards you're like, right, because it's called yeah. Catfish, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it fresh like a delicious piece of catfish. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think I've already done the sign off. Uh, so this was a postscript, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this is was the afterward yeah. where we think we find out what happened to all of us yeah. after the episode, which we just kept talking like idiots. <laughs> uh, it's the one show that has its own after show embedded in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, just, just say goodbye or something. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, by the way, I have some podcasts myself. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's plug <laughs> Too late. Too late, Alex. Should have said something earlier. <laughs> no, let's, uh, just if, if, uh, if you were not absolutely repulsed at listening to me speak along with, uh, three of your favorite parasocial relationship relations. Uh, go ahead and check out Hal Dottie's Fast Track and uh, the Big Hal and Possum podcast. And I, I produce this show, and I produce uh, I Know the Owner uh, with Charlene Wellington. So yeah. those are also uh, – check out the Flophouse if you haven't heard it. Uh, that's a great show <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> but, but, uh, Stu, Stu and Charlene, I think, are, are you both on mainline episodes, and I'm on, like, uh, a Patreon one of Fast Track? I'm just trying to sweeten the I can't remember. deal for oh, listeners yeah, yeah. of our show. Yes, Stuart is, on, Stuart is on, I believe, episode four of the first season of Hal Dottie's Fast Track. We wrote a song together about... Going to the movies. Uh, about about going, to the, mm. going, to, going to the movie theater. And then Dan and I did a bonus... <laughs> I, I do parody songs on my bonus episodes, and Dan and I did uh, Ziggy Stardust about... Uh, dipping about, uh, about potato dips. chips and dip, <laughs> <laughs> chips and dip. We turned Ziggy Stardust into a, it's and the the bonus episodes, which you can get by going to patreon.com slash howldaudy h o w e w l d a w d y. Five dollars a month gets you three bonus episodes, and the one with Dan. Uh, well, the parody episodes. What we do is we we have a list of songs and a list of topics, and we roll two dice, and it decides <laughs> what the song is and what the topic is. So we rolled Ziggy Stardust and. Uh, uh, chips and dip as the topic. <laughs> uh, the most recent one of those, uh, we got uh, Electric Feel by Management was the song that we were parodying. And the topic turned out to be Electric <laughs> Eels as well. So we ended up wow. having to do a parody of wow. Electric Feel that's more about Electric Eels than the original song. So... Nice, and that's how. That's just. That's just how crazy we get with it over there in the, in the <laughs> Fast Track uh, supporter Patreon. <sighs> okay. Well, so now I'm going to say bye. 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 Oh, I've wanted to say that for so long. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.